Welcome to the Claudio Rosano Show on ClaudioRosano.com, brought to you by Roscoe Hearing and Allergy Care Center. Claudio will be speaking to sports legends from the 70s, 80s, and 90s about their careers, business, and what they're doing now. He will also hold roundtable discussions with some old friends about trending topics in the world of sports. And now, here's Claudio. Hello, everyone, and thank you so much for tuning in to the Claudio Rosano Show, brought to you by Roscoe Hearing and Allergy Care Center. As always, want to thank Rick Mitchell for the introductions and my fantastic producer, Adam Zalouf. You know, when I first started this show, it was very important to me that I had people that would impact our listeners, you, you the fans. And um, Jim Valvano, old friend of mine, used to say his favorite word in the English dictionary was the word impact. And the lady that we have on today is not a sports person, which is 100% fine, but I was on her show last year, and she has such a compelling story that um, I, I know she will have impact on your life and my life, and she also, I think, with her story, will add perspective to things whenever we think we have a bad day, or and we all do have them, and whenever we think something is going wrong or not good, uh, you listen to our guest's story today, and I think it'll put things in perspective, and that's Carol Graham. Carol, thank you so much for being on our show today. Well, I am so excited to be here. I've never been on a sports show before, so this is <laughs> this is going to be really um, a lot of fun for me, and I appreciate the opportunity. Yeah, well, like I said, it, it's it's a sports show because of all the guests that we have, and we do talk about right. their careers and all that kind of stuff, but I always like to know what they've done outside of their careers once they were done with their respective careers. But in this case, like I said, you have – it was always very important to me to – for this show to have substance and impact. And, you know, uh, you certainly have been very open and honest about your story. And, and uh, usually, like I said, there's a back and forth, there's questions, but I'm, this will kind of morph into whatever it morphs into uh, a conversation. But I, and, and smoking Jim Frazier, who is a, one of my best friends and partners on several shows, he gave me a great uh, piece of advice. He said, when somebody uh, is, you're interviewing somebody and they're on a roll, let them keep rolling. So we're going to let you keep rolling. So let's start off uh, with your childhood. Let introduce people uh, to who you are and, and uh, kind of go from there. All right. That sounds awesome. But actually, I'm not going to start with my childhood, if that's okay with you. I'm going to tell sure. you a story instead. Yeah. When my daughter was 16 years old, she had just adopted a uh, six-week-old little miniature Dachshund. And she named this guy Louis Vuitton. Now that kind of tells you <laughs> right there that this, this little guy walked in like prince of the household. Sure. And cute, et cetera, you know, the whole nine yards. We already had dogs in the home, but this guy definitely was going to be special. And I had no idea that this little miniature Dachshund was going to have a great influence on my life. So what happened was, Right after she got him, she was headed to um, Costa Rica for a vacation with her girlfriends and asked if I would please babysit her new puppy. No problem. When she left that evening, my husband and I were sitting in the living room watching TV, and my daughter's bedroom was on the third floor. And all of a sudden, we heard this noise, clump, clump, you know, this heavy noise. 
And lo and behold, this little tiny dog was taking his huge, uh, heavy-sided Louis Vuitton travel carrier and bringing it down the stairs with his teeth. <laughs> and the sound was quite loud, and I can't believe that this little guy that you know could even uh, do that. So he accomplished that feat. He got down. Uh, to the bottom of the stairs, which was the living room, and then he scampered back up, and he began, one by one, bringing all his belongings. He brought his dish, he brought his leash, he brought his sweater, he brought his toys, and after he got them, now we're sitting here watching TV, forget TV, you know, this was this was too exciting to, what is this dog planning? <laughs> So he gets all these things into the living room, and then he he's thinking this through. And by this time, you know, you've got popcorn because this is a, this <laughs> this is just amazing to watch. And he pres- tries, attempts to jump up with each one of his little um, possessions and try to put them in this carrier, which was much taller than him. And he did it. One by one, he would take his blanket and he would jump back and forth until he had the whole blanket in there and he would take his toys and he would jump and drop them in. And then I'm thinking, what in the world is coming next? And so then he, several attempts until he was finally able to jump into this bag by himself. He gets into the (coughs) bag and then believe it or not, he from the inside starts to pull the zipper. And so at that point, we bent over, we, you know, and helped him and pulled the zipper and closed it up. And then it dawned on us. What he was doing was he had seen his new mommy pack her suitcase as Mm. she was leaving for her trip. And he obviously, these dogs are incredibly intelligent, (laughs) smarter than some people we know. (laughs) That's for sure. Anyway, (laughs) and so we knew that he was planning his trip to go find her. Well, the next morning we get up. And we uh, open the bag, and he jumps out, and he's barking, and he's looking around the house. Well, he never left. He was still there, and you could see the disappointment on him. So I thought, this this is just amazing. I am going to start a little journal regarding the next two weeks. And so for the next two weeks, every day, this crazy dog did something so unusual, so different, and I made notes of it and then uh, turned it into a little hardbound book that I gave her for Christmas with pictures, etc. After that, that was all done and she opened it, I opened her Christmas gift and she began to cry. And so my daughter looked at me and said, Mom, when are you going to write your story? She said, I have watched you my entire life, all 16 years, and saw how you handled all the crises that came into our lives. And I want my generation to read your story. And I'm just like, wow. And again, I asked her why. And she said, because of the strength, even as a young woman and girl that you had, um, and as I watched you handle all the terrible things that happened uh, in our lives, and how you were strong, how you had focus, how you never gave up hope, how you always encouraged us, how you would tell us that 
Things are going to get better. We're going to get through this. You always laughed. You always joked. You always had um, stories to tell that kept us um, on, on the right path rather than looking at the negative things, things for us to be thankful for. You taught us how to be grateful. And she's going on and on. I'm like crying at this point, thinking, wow, we have no idea how much we influence, first of all, those around us, but also our children. And it's not just by the words we say, because words are sometimes just that, but it's our actions. And I have spoken to many uh, groups of people who um, are talking about influences that we have on our children. And this is exactly what she was saying to me, the influence that you have had on my life, I will never forget. And now she's a woman, has a family of her own, and I have watched that as well and realized that what an amazing um, realization that she gave me, but also to fulfill what I have always believed, and that is we teach children three ways, and that is by example, example, and example. And so this is what, at that point, changed my life because I was now... Uh, in a position where I had to write my story. And I didn't write my story for all those many years because, for one thing, I I was hiding. And I think a lot of us do that when we go through some things that are very unusual and uh especially in the you know in, in the eyes of our those people we know or, or whoever and we think well they're just going to think less of me or they're not going to want to be around me and so we bury very often our stories but as it turned out when I finally came out of the closet so to speak and shared my story with the world by writing my book which took 10 years because I had to dredge up a lot of old pain and situations that I hadn't thought about in a long time. But when I did that, and then uh, within, I don't know, it was very, very quickly, like within a matter of six months, it was an Amazon number one bestseller. I had, um, my podcast was was birthed at that point because I had so many people that wanted to share their story. And on and on it went until to the point where literally my entire life changed. And the influence has been um, for people to, let's see, how can I word this? The influence, I guess, is that my story has affected others so that you can tell your story to have an impact on them as well. It's reciprocal. And I appreciate even this opportunity on a sports show because we all need those words of encouragement. We all need to know that no matter how rough things have been, that we can, there's someone maybe who is in a worse position and what can I learn from them? And so that is the the purpose of sharing my story. Now, I know that's not an answer to the question that you had originally was to start from my childhood. No, no, it's good. No, whatever. Hey, again, whatever uh, you wanted to talk about that, that will have impact and whatever you're willing to share. All right. So what would you like me to just well, continue? Well, again, or? you know, yeah, just continue. I mean, you, okay. you, obviously you had some things that you sent me that uh, you have been through and basically, you know, how you were able to deal with all those things okay. because they were all very, right. very uh, tough things. 
All right, well, I'll mention a few. I'll try to go in chronological order. I was quite, I was uh, born sick and had very serious ill um, health issues. In fact, at nine months old, I died. And it was my father's faith that brought me back. Um, I had a very sickly childhood. My mother was sick for as long as I remember in my life and bedridden for most of my life. And uh, she died when I was a teenager. That certainly can um, have an impact on your life. And And a lot of times, young people in particular and children have a tendency to believe that when a parent dies, it's their fault. And so you have to learn how to deal with the guilt of that, which is, <laughs> it has nothing to do with you, but it's a very common scenario. From there, um, to get away from the pain of that, I married far too young, and I married a guy that I felt sorry for. And he also told me that he was going to commit suicide if I didn't marry him. I mean, all the typical um, control freak. And so I did. It was an abusive marriage and um, many stories in my memoir around that and helping women to understand how to deal with abuse. Uh, I should probably tell you the name of my book while we're (laughs) talking about this. It's called Battered Hope. And it's for, it's a story. It's written in uh, a novel format. It definitely is a page turner because my life was such that when one thing bad was going on, usually there was something else either in the wings or I was going through more than one at the same time. And it was never seemed to be any relief. And this went on for close to 40 years of my life. After I divorced that man, um, he began a mission of trying to kill me. I was gang raped and left for dead at one such occasion. Uh, and it took, then he also completely destroyed, um, our home after I remarried someone else. And it was a brand new house. He left it, uh, totally destroyed, burnt to the ground and just had this, this, um, agenda to hurt me. And that's when we moved from the Midwestern part of the United States to the West Coast because enough was enough. After moving here, and still I was very young, uh, I was, I think, 25 at the time. This was second marriage. And um, trying to recall what happened. Oh, yes, I was diagnosed with uterine cancer. So I definitely, my husband and I wanted to have children. And when you're told you have uterine cancer and uh, there is no hope, except for um, two choices that the doctor gave me. And those choices were hysterectomy or death. Well, I didn't like either one of those choices because neither one would give me the opportunity to be a mom, which was one of my goals in life was to be a, a wife and a mom. And so something welled up inside me when the doctor said that to me. And I stood up from my chair and I said, no, I am going to walk in here pregnant one day. Now, I had no idea how that was going to happen, but I absolutely refused to accept that diagnosis or the choices that he gave me. And so he stood up from behind his desk and he 
spitting in my face with these words. I can still remember the the whole sensation of of that, just this this uh, arrogance that he had, and he pointed his finger directly in my face, and he began to yell at me. He said, "Then listen, lady, you go home, you suffer, and you die." Whoa, that was pretty heavy. Right. But all it did was encourage me to find an answer to my problem. And so I did just that. And within three weeks, I discovered there's a whole, this was in the 70s now. So um, people didn't talk about nutrition like they do now and health. This was like a, a foreign subject. And so I began uh, taking courses and uh, finding out that nutrition is where um, we can turn our lives around, both mentally and physically. And within a matter of six months, I had, which at the time when when the doctor gave me the diagnosis, I was completely crippled with rheumatoid arthritis, couldn't even barely walk. And within six months, that had left, and I, I was feeling better, and I knew that I was on the road to recovery. Now, it was 14 years later that I was pregnant. And the doctor, when I walked out of his office those 14 years earlier, he said, when he told me to go home and die, I yelled at him and I said, I will walk in here pregnant one day. Well, I waited 14 years to do that. I was glad he was, A, still alive and still in practice. And I made an appointment to see him. And I went in there knowing fully well that I was pregnant, and he had the nurse take all the tests, et cetera. And then he um, came in 25, 27 minutes later, I still remember. (laughs) He came back into the room, and he said, I am very sorry to inform you, Carol, but you are very pregnant. And without skipping a beat, I said, yes, doctor, I am fully aware that you are very sorry to inform me. <laughs> and then he said something that really threw me. He said, "Who's the father?" Because my husband was sterile as well. And at that point, I almost reached across the desk and slapped him. Wow! But I walked out because he couldn't accept the fact that I could a be healed and also my husband. You know, because being sterile and both of us had health problems, and here we are, vibrant, healthy, and with child. <laughs> Right. So that that was um again something like my when my daughter was born and she realizes of course this story and and had a similar experience when she, when uh, she got pregnant as well and almost lost the baby. So this is this is why she said my generation needs to hear this story. There's so much hopelessness. There's so many sure. young women that, you know, have situations like this. And so any questions, or do you want me to continue? No, no. You, I, like Smoking Jim Frazier says, but you know what? I'm going to take a stop there for this week. Uh, we appreciate, again, your honesty and being open to talk about these uh, tough things in your life. But we're going to have a second part of the show uh, next week. So uh, thank you. And, again, we'll be back with a second part of the show with Carol Graham. Okay, everyone, as always, want to thank Rick Mitchell for the introductions and the outros. My fantastic producer, Adam Zalouf, thank you. Thank you to our sponsors, Roscoe Hearing and Allergy Care Center, Dom's Pizzeria and Sports Bar, Criminal Defense Attorney Eric Jackson-Lurie, Quaker Valley Rotary Club. And don't forget about the Boxing Authorities show. Watch it on live.vivetv.network. You can also watch it in Pittsburgh on PCTV21. 
Comcast PC TV 47 on Verizon. Don't forget about my book, uh, Lead from the Heart Up, Not the Neck Up, How to Create a Positive Winning Culture on the Field and in the Office. You can get it on my website, ClaudioRosano.com, JohnMelvinPublishing.com, or Amazon.com, or get it at the Barnes & Noble in Robinson Township. We have upcoming guests, Aboe Akogu, who is a professional soccer player, and he has a great uh, podcast that he does called Frugal Athlete. And we are going to nail down Rudy Rudiger one of these days. I keep mentioning him, but uh, he's definitely going to be on. Uh, and uh, as always, subscribe to the show. Thank you for listening to the show, and thank you, Mom and Pop. Talk to you guys soon. Thank you for listening to The Claudio Rosano Show, brought to you by Roscoe Hearing and Allergy Care Center. Be sure to tune in next time on ClaudioRosano.com. Outside this time of year to enjoy boating, fishing, gardening, and golf. How about swimming and playing in the park, Parker? Yes, Hudson. Unless you're experiencing sneezing, headaches, nasal congestion, itchy, watery eyes, and hives, it's allergy season. Can Grandpa help people feel better? Yes, Hudson. At the Roscoe Allergy Center in Dubois, folks can get relief so they can enjoy their summer. Call Grandpa today at 814-375-0455. Modern solutions with the allergy care you've been looking for. The law offices of Eric Jackson Laurie are available when you need it for all of your defense needs. Maybe it's a DUI, or maybe you found yourself in the wrong place at the wrong time. Whatever the scenario, the law offices of Eric Jackson Laurie are available seven days a week. With a practice based throughout western Pennsylvania, the law offices of Eric Jackson Laurie are conveniently located in downtown Pittsburgh and Fox Chapel. When you or a loved one needs discreet, experienced legal representation, call Eric Jackson Lurie at 412-963-9308. That's 412-963-9308. We want to welcome our newest sponsor, Dom's Pizzeria and Sports Bar, 502 Cavett Avenue in Trafford, Pennsylvania. Call 412-372-3667. Dom Pecora, great guy, great food. Make sure you tell him we sent you. Would you like to join a community service-oriented group to help provide remarkable services such as the Halloween Parade, Santa Parade, a Memorial Golf Outing, the annual Harvest Festival, award secondary educational scholarships, and raise several fundraising events? If so, the Quaker Valley Rotary Club is looking for people of action who live a service-above-self type of lifestyle and want to help make the Quaker Valley District even better. Please visit us at www.quakervalleyrotary.org or call Scott Zayner at 412-720-0298.